We're talking travel for our sponsor, Travel On King and Sally Lucas. Oh, you can't get much more colourful than going to India. You certainly can't, Jane, and they're famous for their festivals, of course. So I just thought we'd mention some of the festivals that you can enjoy when you go to India today. Um, And they say it's filled with people from most different cultures and religions that coexist in one of the most harmonious manners in the world. So that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um, And, of course, you've got, as we said, a wide variety of Indian festivals that are usually extremely colourful as well, and mainly from October to February, and that's when most to them are on, I guess, to fit in with better weather times and so on. Um, now, these are just five of them that are considered five of the, the best or favourites of some people anyway. One is the Diwali, or it's also called Deepavali, and it's the largest festival in India, and it comes from the name from the row of clay lamps. So apparently, Avali means row and clay lamps are dear or deeper, that the Indians light outside their homes. And it symbolises the inner light that protects us from spiritual darkness. So there you go. So Hindu Sikhs and Jains, that's the right pronunciation, uh, J-A-I-N-S, all celebrate it for a variety of reasons. And the main theme that runs through it is the triumph of light over darkness and good over evil. So that is interesting in itself, isn't it? Now, that festival is held in either October or November and runs for five days because it's based on the Hindu lunar calendar, so depending on how or when that falls. Um, Now, this is another one. Oh, and every region in India celebrates that, by the way, so it's not just in one specific area. Mm-hmm. Um, the other festival is the Holi, H-O-L-I, festival, and it's another quite a famous Indian festival, and it also celebrates good rising over evil and the beginning of spring and the new harvest. So, And it also has, like all Hindu festivals, has a religious story de- uh, behind it. So depending on where in India you are, it's again about the victory of good over evil still. And It's important, that. It's very important, isn't it? And the festival celebrates Krishna and the story of Holika and Prahlad. And according to legend, Krishna was a very mischievous child, often often throwing coloured water on people. So this is where the colour comes in. So that's why the Holi is celebrated with huge coloured water fights. So oh, Sounds fun. Don't wear white. Or if you do, you come out all lovely and coloured. So... <laughs> So apparently, again, the story of Holika and Prahlad represents good's triumph over evil. Of course, Prahlad refused to worship his father, the king, and worshipped Vishnu instead. And his aunt Holika, who was immune to fire, despised Prahlad and tricked him into following her into the fire. Mm. So there you go. Mm. And again, the Hindu lunar calendar determines the date of Holi, uh, but the main celebration day falls on the full moon of the 12th. 12th month of the Hindu lunar calendar, which usually occurs at the end of February or early March and generally runs for one or two days. Hmm. Sounds good. And the other one that we often hear about is the Pushkar Camel Fair. And that, again, is a fantastic fair that lasts for five days. And it's all based on lunar calendars, again, on the 11th lunar day and ending on the full moon day. So you've always got to be looking up your calendars to find when these are going to be on. Yes, and your know Hindu, your Hindu calendar Know your Hindu well. calendar, exactly. Um, so it's all about the buying and selling of livestock. But not only that, they, they trade all sorts of things, camels, horses, cows, goats and sheep. And they often show off their animals by washing them, dressing them, parading them. There's a camel beauty contest. <laughs> 
<laughs> who's got the longest eyelashes. Well, they do have beautiful eyelashes. <laughs> they certainly do. And so lots of lovely, colourful things happen at that time of the year. And the other one, one of the other ones, sorry, is Onam. And it's the biggest and most important festival of the southern state of Kerala. So That's according, down the south. Down the south, it? yes. Mm. The lovely, got the lovely waterways down there where you can do cruising on the Kerala waterways as well. And according to a popular legend, the festival is celebrated to welcome King Mahabali, a beloved mythical king whose spirit is said to visit Kerala during Onam. Now, this is celebrated during August and September, and it's a 10-day festival. So, yes, look around the Kerala area and you'll find what's on there. And there's another one down south in Goa, which is a famous festival in the Goan region of India as well, because it was first introduced by the Portuguese, who ruled over Goa for over 500 years. And it's a spectacular event where they unite for three days of revelling. Mm. So there you go. It's a fun-filled carnival, apparently, and it's all about satire and very interesting uh, things are to be seen and beheld, I believe. So there's just five of those wonderful festivals. If you're going to India, you should at least try and include one of them. Sounds like a very good idea. Add some spice. And Croatia and heritage. We can be part of it. Well, this is a UNESCO heritage trail in Croatia that a company called the Travel Specialists have put together um, because it's their 50th anniversary of their gold collection of tours. And it's a nine-day tour, which is discovering Croatia's best-known UNESCO World Heritage sites. So it's going from Zagreb to Dubrovnik and covering lots of different areas. Now, my Croatian pronunciation, Jane, I'm sure is not up to scratch, so bear with me. Room for improvement, you reckon? <laughs> yes. The first stop is um, Opatia, which is located on Kwana Bay on the northern Adriatic, and it possesses magnificent luxury villas and neoclassic and Art Nouveau hotels and beautiful trimmed gardens and parks. Uh, vineyards, olive trees with quaint towns, a medieval hill, hilltop town you visit, a beautiful valley overlooking vineyards and a wonderful forest, and you can find delicious black and white truffles there as well. Ooh, there we go. Now, we are talking about going by car, are we? By coach. By coach, yes. yes. So on the roads. On the roads, yes. We don't yes. have to walk at all. No, 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 no. Exercise no. later. Yes, after you've had the truffles. Right. And you visit Porek, which is a scenic route to the seaside, and you uh, there you visit the Euphrasian Basilica, which is an iconic landmark and also a World Heritage Site, one of the most famous religious monuments there, and apparently it's got a wonderful um, atrium as, there as well, and an Episcopal Palace. You go to the Plitvisi Lakes National Park, which has been renowned for years as one of the most beautiful places of waterfalls and lakes, etc. Sixteen lakes formed by natural dams of Travertine and an incredible diversity of wildlife, and it's been uh, World Heritage there since 1979, so you know, it's been obviously appreciated for a long time. Yes, it has Justly. been mm. very much so. Then you go to the ancient city of Zadar, uh, which is you can visit the home of the infamous UNESCO World Heritage Cathedral of St James in Sibenik. Um, Trogia, you go to as well, which has got Romanesque churches and Baroque and Renaissance building, uh, buildings from the Venetian period. Split, of course. I mean, I think we've all heard of Split as well. And there you do a wonderful walking tour of the historical centre and the remains of the Diocletian Palace in the heart of Split. 
Um, and it was built between the late third and fourth century, early fourth century. So, I mean, that's extremely old. Would you think of that? And it's considered to be one of the most imposing and valuable Roman bu- buildings on the Adriatic coast. Um, then you go to the island of Hawar. I think that's right. You don't pronounce the V, do you? Havar, I think. I think they pronounce the V. Mm. But anyway, whether it's Hawar or Hua, I've looked up pronunciations mm. and you see about three different ones when you go to look for pronunciations. And that's an island, of course, where you can do the Histari uh, Grad Plain, Plain, it's called, is the UNESCO World Heritage site there and the Ionian Greeks colonised that island from Pharos in the 4th century BC so you are seeing some wonderfully diverse places and then of course you finish off in Dubrovnik as well which is the beautiful walled city to visit there and there's much to see there obviously as well so what a wonderful tour, it would be a, a lovely tour to do, nine days, it's not too long but you're going to see some absolutely stunning scenery, buildings and of course immerse yourself in culture and history as well Sounds great, now what about Africa. And now, the this continent. I thought was interesting because it's a walk, and I'm not thinking really with animals you can do a walk, but the you, big five. Mm, I know. Up. Well, that's it. But they do this, and this is run by the Classic Safari Company, and it's they call it the definitive walking safari. You hike along two of the most beautiful rivers on the continent, which are home to the biggest elephant herds in Africa. And it's considered the greatest African bush experience on the continent, and that's how it's been described. It's 11 days, 160 k's um, of game tracking across the wilderness landscapes of Kenya's Savau, which is the largest park in Africa. So, yes, you follow game trails along the Savau River, uh, past occasional First World War forts, and past the place where the infamous man-eaters of Savau halted the British Empire in 1898. Mm. And then you hike the entire length of the Galana River, which, as we said, is home not only to the largest elephant populations in East Africa, but also the unique maneless male lions. Mm. No manes. So there you go. Uh, a recent study has shown that the Galana River now has a higher density of lions than the entire northern Serengeti. Wow. Mm. Wow is right. But anyway, you start off early in the day, as you can imagine, because to beat the heat of the day, you have a little peaceful siesta through the heat of the day. And then, of course, you do game drives in the late afternoon as well to maximise your wildlife encounters there. And obviously that um, you're going to get the best and most varied experience absolutely possible. So it is a true adventure. And as they say, sometimes adrenaline fueled, <laughs> and other times idyllically peaceful and beautifully silent seeing African wilderness in all its magnificent glory. And plenty of time to enjoy it too when you're on foot. That's yes, a good way to go it, around. Yes, it is, isn't it? So, yeah, just something mm. different. Sally Lucas, we're up to hot deals. And um, what is there around at the moment in the marketplace, the travel marketplace? Too much, too much, too much. There never can be too much, can there? Um, firstly, Albatross Tours have got a tour they're calling Italian Alternativo. And you can get savings of up to $700 per couple if you book and deposit by 31 October. Now, they're doing this differently. It's mainly, I guess, for people that maybe haven't been to uh, this part of Italy before, which is doing the eastern seaboard, the east of the Apennine Ranges. So you start in Rome and you travel through Tivoli with the lovely uh, Villa des Gardens in Tivoli to Spoleto and through Abruzzo um, up to Ascoli, um, 
then you go right all the way up the coast through to San Marino, up to um, Bologna, Modena, and you finish up via Padua into Venice. So it's a very lovely and interesting itinerary. Um, and this is for 2018. They've got some departures. And remember, they're small group touring again, minimum of 10, no more than around about two dozen people on any of their programs. So keep that one in mind. Um, now, Peregrine have got lots of little offers at the moment. Um, if you book before 25 September on a range of their products, you can just pay any a $1 deposit so long as you book before 25 September. Just to give you an idea, they've got Japan, Mexico, Italy, India, Morocco, Guatemala, quite a range. And they've also got a fantastic early bird deal on for Antarctica for next year. You can save up to $9,400 on selected voyages, okay? It's a really great early bird sale. And it's going on a purpose-built new vessel. So just keep that in mind to check their dates out for 18, 19 and take advantage of those wonderful early bird deals, okay? Mm. Subject to availability, of course. And then also they've got another early bird sale with savings of up to $3,000 on a range of products. This one um, finishes on the 15th of September. To give you an idea, a 48 tour from Af- in Africa, Grand Africa, from Cairo to Cape Town, uh, you'll get a savings of $3,000. But various different itineraries, South America, Vietnam, Central Europe, Spain, Morocco, Cuba, all with savings on them. So long as you book by 15 September. Mm. Rocky Mountaineer, this is their offer they have every year. It's called Peaks and Perks, which I love. So to qualify for one of those packages, what they do is they don't actually give you a discount, but they give you additional bonuses. So you might have an extra hotel night or a dining option, cruising, sightseeing, airport transfers. So a lot of different offers available on that if you're booking a Rocky Mountaineer rail journey for next year. And that goes right through the 27th of October. You can save on that. Mm. Now, this one, Jane, I thought was really interesting. This is with Abercrombie and Kent, and it's called Women Hand in Hand. Hand, a hosted journey through southern India. Now it's got two departures next year, 20 March and 10 October. And it was started by a lady called Danielle who had a passion for knitting, but she also, uh, other than making hand, unique hand-knitted garments that are beautiful and the finest quality, she went to southern India and that inspired her to set up a co-op where local women from rural villages transform high-quality fibres into highly sought-after garments. So channelling the skills there has empowered the women and it also helps provide them with an income and support for the families and also for the local communities. So it's called Women Hand in Hand, a hosted journey through southern India. It's 12 days, 20 March, as I said, and 10 October next year. You have a maximum of 18 guests on it, and Danielle will be travelling with it, and you get to visit the Hand in Hand project over there as well, meeting with local knitters and their detailed work, a traditional home cooking and sari-wearing experience, and you go to different little temple towns, etc. So it sounds really interesting if you wanted to, number one, I guess, if you're interested in knitting, of course, and fabrics, and also if you want to empower women. It's just a lovely, so it's a women's-only journey, of mm, course. Make you feel good too. Absolutely. And there's a little say, on Tassie at the moment, my my wonderful foodie delight, my beautiful place, boutique wine, oh, you know, lakes, mountains, you name it. So this is um, on sale with Qantas and they've got um, departures going to Launceston and um, Hobart from Melbourne or Sydney and they start from only $89 from uh, Melbourne and 139 from Sydney. 
Mm. So pretty mm. good value for money if you're wanting to go to Sydney. That's each way, of course. That's each way. And lastly, this is another one in Australia. There's a company called um, Kirkhope Aviation that I've been um, following for a number of years now, and they do small um, plane trips around, a bit like the Bill Peach, I guess, if you can call it that, but a smaller type planes, but lovely planes, or quality planes. This is one doing Kangaroo Island and Lake Gairdner, which is um, near um, Gawler. And so you're actually going to Kangaroo Island, staying there, and you also go to Narracourt, which is that famous place with all your, your ruins of the ancient... Um, Animals, I'm trying to say. Uh, megafauna. Megafauna. Thank mm, you. Megafauna. <laughs> and it's a fabulous place to go. I loved it. You swim with sea lions, of course, if you want on, on Kangaroo Island, and you do the Gawler Ranges, Port Pirie, Flinders Ranges, and Lake Gairdner. Now, that's a lovely little five-day itinerary that is going various dates, October, November this year, and then from February through to November next year. And that's a bit under $5,000. But if you're wanting to do a really specialised air tour, it's a really lovely... They've got lots of other itineraries if you wanted to have a look at Kirkhope Aviation. They've got a range of wonderful round Australian itineraries. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. We'll talk travel again next Friday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.